Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with the final episode of the Impact Investing Podcast for 2022. <sighs> oh, I mean, I, some new information for me. I was scared then. Well, you know, I have been trying to replace you with chat yeah. GPT over the last week or two. I believe you've struggled this week, though. And it's let us down badly. Um, so we're, this this week we're going to do the review of 2022. As is normal for me now, I asked ChatGPT to try and come up with the podcast <laughs> content and it's failed. So it's basically said that uh, my knowledge is based on information that was available to me at the time of my training data was collected, which was in 2021. So it ChatGPT has no knowledge that 2022 exists. So useless. I've had to rope you back in, Tom. Uh, I'll have to do for now <laughs> until they get the new training data in there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so give us a summary. What's <sighs> happened in 2022? Oh, what a year. Um, I think before we, uh, before we go into 2022, let's have a little look at what people uh, in financial markets thought was going to happen in 2022, um, so the end of last year, um, and see how wrong they were. Um, and so I think that the, the, the overall message at the end of last year was that 2022 there was an expectation that inflation could still be transitory. So, you know, short-lived because of uh, COVID unwinding. Um, there was concerns about the zero COVID policy that they're following in China and how that would impact uh, global growth, yep. China being a massive part of the global economy. Um, there was concern that more COVID variants would disrupt uh, markets and the economy, um, like Omicron, for example, but COVID ultimately uh, would begin to fade. Um Predictions about political uncertainty in the aftermath of COVID. Um, and given inflation, there'd be stock market uncertainty, but many people were predicting decent stock market performance as inflation would be ultimately under control uh, throughout the year. Yeah, and I think 2021 was a record year for stocks in the yeah. US. So like, you know, nearly 30% return in the US stock market in 2021. Obviously, that was coming off the back of COVID. So that was, yeah. that was, that was the big sort of initial recovery from COVID. And I think the general feeling was, well, stocks don't look particularly cheap, but there's still a long way to go for everything to be, come back online and be fully functioning after COVID. And therefore, although things don't look particularly cheap, we think they've got way to go. Yeah. And ultimately, we'll have to see rates come up and there is some inflation around, but the inflation will be transitory and the rate rises won't come until much later in the day. Yeah. Um, JP Morgan in their 2022 outlook, and you know it's it's easy to go back and pick on people who've made predictions. <laughs> Sorry, JP. Um, but our view is that 2022 will be the year of a full global recovery and an end of the global pandemic and a return to normal conditions we had prior to COVID-19. Um, we believe this will produce a strong cyclical recovery, a return to global mobility and strong growth in consumer and corporate spending within the backdrop of still easy monetary policy. For this reason, we remain positive on equities, commodities, and emerging markets, and negative on bonds. Didn't quite pan out that way, um, did it? But, you know, it highlights the thinking of the time um, and how people thought this year would go. But, the, you know, in the end, 2022 has been a year of, you know, rampant inflation, war, the invasion of, uh, of Ukraine by Russia. Uh, we saw record heat, political turbulence, regal transitions with our royal family in the UK, 
the collapse of crypto and what has been deemed now as a sea change in financial markets, i.e. the era of low inflation and low interest rates is over and that period of easy money that JP uh, Morgan referred to uh, as gone for now. Um, and if you look at 2022 as a whole, it was a very tough year for investors you know, across the board. By August in the middle of the year, uh, the stock market had its worst year at that point for 50 years. Um, by early November this year, the tech giants, uh, the FANG stocks of so Facebook, Apple, et cetera, they'd lost a combined 3.4 trillion in stock market value. Um, and the 10-year US Treasury notes, it's the 10-year government debt of the United States, is at its worst performing year for 234 years. And so when you combine those things and you take them together, that's why that the classic portfolio mix of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, which people see as like balanced and risk-adjusted, have delivered negative returns to the tune of 14% at the time of, of recording the podcast. And so it's been a negative, very negative year for financial markets across the board. But still, if you look at that portfolio, that 60-40 uh, stocks and bonds split, if you look at it over the last 10, uh, 20 years, sorry, it's delivered 6% each year still. Um, so it's highlighting why it's very important to think long-term. And now the outlook for those kinds of balanced portfolios, the 60-40, is the best it's been in some time. And we mentioned that a few weeks ago. And so it's been a, it's been a year where there's not been a, uh, a load of good news, but We'll try our best as we run through. We're going to do a bit of a calendar run through some of the big events in financial markets um, and outside of financial markets and try and pick out some of the, the positive stories that have happened in this year as well. So let's go month by month. So January, uh, as we said, start of the year, there was already inflation in the, in, in, the, in the global economy at that point. So, you know, most central banks have, a, have an inflation target of, of 2%. Annual inflation um, in, in January of this year... Uh, Inflation was already at like sort of just under 5%, um, you know, higher than average, but off a period where it had basically been zero for a long time. And obviously the main thinking at that point was that, well, there's still supply chain issues off the back of COVID. China's still on lockdown. You can't get goods moving around the globe properly. So, you know, once, once the economies open up, this, this inflation will, will wash through. uh, And that was the, that was the thinking at the time. Um, also in January, you know, a sign that the stock market was was definitely bouncing back, yeah. um, <clears throat> and into sort of those those uh, tech companies. Apple became the first uh, company in history to be worth three trillion dollars, um, and it and it tr- and that's off the back of tripling its share price in in a period of four years. And we had the first little hint that the UK was in for a, a wild political <laughs> ride in 2022 with the first leaking of the party gate uh, stories around Boris Johnson and this uh, operation save big dog, which was the, <laughs> I'd forgotten when I was looking at the notes of this, that that's what they were calling it. And that's the, that's the, um, for those who don't know what big dog refers to, it was the, uh, it was the sort of internal uh, government operation at the time to try and save Boris Johnson. Yeah. Um, and keep him in a job. So that was January. Good start. February, good, Tom. Good start. February, things started to change significantly. We had, um, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine, the tragic situation, which is still obviously rumbling on uh, right now. And that kicked off, you know, a huge period of, of uncertainty in global markets, you know, the general, you know, uh, geopolitical situation. And it set off the largest land, uh, largest scale land war in Europe since uh, the Balkan Wars in the 1990s. So that is, you know, that is a, 
uh, a huge central component to to what happened this year, both in terms of politics, the you know the the the, the tragic human situation, and then financial markets. And as we run through the rest of the you know the calendar, you can see the impacts of that coming through. Uh, the other thing that that, that that was significant in February was uh, the UN landmark climate change report that warned that climate change was outpacing human efforts to adapt with a best-case scenario rise of 1.5 degrees C, uh, meaning that 14% of species face what they call you know, very high risk of extinction. So February, it's, things started to change, and there wasn't too much good news across the board there. Yeah, and it was the last couple of days of February going into March that Russia invaded Ukraine. They'd been, if, if you remember back, they'd been sort of parking uh, military equipment yeah. and, and uh troops on the borders and then it was sort of the last couple of days of february first couple of days of march that that invasion started and and that's basically where all of the predictions for what was going to happen in 2022 went out the window so you know two months into the year um most most investment banks most asset managers most people looking at at global economy and making those predictions of of where things were going had to had to start again basically and it and it that's what shot inflation up. So you now had the supply chain issues that were known and thought to be transitory and thought to be washing out. But then obviously with the invasion of Ukraine, that's when you see gas prices shoot up, oil prices shoot up. You see uh, food supplies start to get uh, affected. You know, things like wheat and grain start to go up. And and the upshot is that inflation goes to about 7%. And, you know, markets start to get really nervous about what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Yeah, so inflation went to 7% in March. And as we get to April, uh, global food prices increased by the highest amount since they were were first started to be recorded in 1990, driven by wheat and other commodities, you know, things that are produced in that region of the world in in the Ukraine. Also in April, Elon Musk uh, bought 9.2%, my old pal, I wish I'd never spoke about him now, (laughs) 9.2% of Twitter stock, making him the company's largest shareholder. And then a few weeks later, as people started to predict, Twitter announced a deal to sell uh, to Elon Musk for $44 billion. That was April. Um, In the same month, you can see inflation continues to rise. US US inflation hits 8.5%, which was the highest since 1981. Again, driven by gas prices, uh, also rent and food in the US uh, in a post-COVID kind of effect. Um, And then we we, we went through to May. Yeah, so, and this is where US Federal Reserve starts trying to in May starts trying to sort of do something about inflation. There's an acceptance now that it's not transitory, acceptance that it's not going to wash out through the system on Mm -hmm. its own. And uh, the Fed moved with their largest interest rate increase since the year 2000, raising raising the... uh, the, the Federal Reserve rate by 0.5%. Um, and that's that's with an idea of trying to combat inflation, which was basically in a in a 40-year high of like 9%. Yep. Um, Apple stopped production of its iPod, Tom. So, um, the memories. You know, after 21 years. My first iPod when I was 16, a little gold one. I was Flash, obviously. <laughs> that's a 16-year-old Tom McGilley. Could he walk around <laughs> Wigan with his gold gold-plated iPod? Couldn't afford, you know, to get a car or anything, so instead I just got a little gold iPod. And um, <laughs> the Ukraine won the Eurovision Song Contest, which yes. was which was held in Italy, and obviously um, that gave them the right to host uh, for next year. But they they won't be able to host because of what's going on in Ukraine, and that is being held in Liverpool in May next year. Glorious, so. absolutely glorious. It was a Ukrainian folk rap group, which uh, I'll have to check out. I know I know how much you love folk rap. 
uh, Matt. So we'll Absolutely. have to give those a listen later. Absolutely. I'm not even going to pr- try and pronounce the, the name of the group. I know uh, you mentioned Liverpool there. Some tragic news obviously happened to Liverpool Football Club in May. Uh, they lost the Champions League final to Real Madrid with Carlo Ancelotti being the first manager to win the Champions League four times. How did Manchester United get on in the Champions uh, League? I'm, I'm a close third, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, June, so this is where UK politics starts to really uh, hot up. Um, Boris Johnson, remember we had this like no confidence vote, which yep. is where his own MPs had a vote on whether they have confidence in him or not. Um, he scraped through that and actually won, which sort of made him cling on for a few more months yet. Um, perhaps more importantly or more interestingly, um, the New York Stock Exchange enters bear market territory, so that that's where... You go from a peak to trough or peak to to point where you're down twenty yeah. percent or more. So the, the U.S. stock market fell more than twenty percent, um, and again, it's just it's just all of this what we've talked about on multiple episodes. But this link between inflation, how do central banks quash inflation? Probably by raising interest rates, and then what does that do to stock markets and and the way that people price stocks? So, um, U.S. Fed. Federal Reserve raised interest rates by another 0.75%, and that's the largest increase since 1994. Again, so that you know, from from February onwards, yeah. they're chasing the tail, trying to get inflation knock on effect yeah. since what happened. Yeah. Um, and then we entered July, and we started to experience heat waves. I think we missed some. Did we miss something? There? Yeah, what? in June we started the pod. Oh, I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> that didn't make uh, some whoops in the back over there. Thanks, Jacob. <laughs> I'm surprised that didn't make the international news when I was uh, researching this podcast. Um, a momentous uh, month in all of our lives for that reason. Um, and then we entered July and we had uh, the heat waves across Europe. Uh, the heat wave special podcast we did, one of our most listened to episodes. They's, we had the heat waves that caused wildfires and record temperatures. There was wildfires in the UK. The UK hit its highest uh, day ever recorded, 40.3 degrees. Um, at the same time, British politics was hotting up as well. There you go. See that. Um, dramatic day uh, as more than 40 government ministers and aides withdraw the support from Boris Johnson and resign in a 24-hour period. And then a day later, Boris Johnson announced his resignation after pressure from and the resignations uh, from his ministers. And so that was rumbling since the start of the year, finally happened in July. A few other little random pieces of things that happened in July was Saudi Arabia unveiled the plans for a futuristic 106-mile one-building city called The Line, to house 9 million people powered by renewable energy sources with no roads. And I thought when I first saw this in July, when we started sharing those videos, that it was a joke, that it was fake. But the, now they're actually building it and there's building contractors there and they're working on it. And so it I looks would, like it If you've be. not seen that, go on YouTube yeah, and, go, I mean, and uh, have a look because it, it's, it's... I can't imagine of, anyone ever wanting to live in that thing, but it sounds like they're I've preparing put a, for I've it. put a deposit down. Oh, good for you. Um... Also in that month, Meta, the fa- Facebook announced its first ever quarterly revenue decline since it went public 10 years ago, uh, obviously facing competition from TikTok. And now it's uh, obviously building the Metaverse, something that nobody wants. Maybe I'll live in the Metaverse rather than the line. Uh, yeah, I, why don't you buy a, a house in the line on the Metaverse? That would be good. I'm on it. Um, <laughs> August, um, so we did a pod on this as well. Um, the US Senate, got the Inflation Reduction Act through. Um, We did this as a two-parter, actually, called The Most Important Man in the World, part one and two. Um, If you want more information on the Inflation Reduction Act, we go into some detail Mm. on that. Um, And that was, was, I mean, it was a bill that was 
titled Inflation Reduction Act because that yeah. was that was the way that they could get it through um, what was a fairly split Senate. But really, it was a it was a it was a, a big bill that covered all sorts of things from renewable energy investment, healthcare investment, um, and, and tax reform, basically. So that that was a and it was seen as a landmark bill for a num- on a number of different fronts. Um, and it was a bill that had been rumbling on for yeah. well over six months as well. Um, the UK's inflation rate hit a 40-year high in August as well of 10.1% with uh, food costs Coming driving through, the, yeah. the, the largest contributor of that record yeah. inflation. Then we began to have more uh, more uh, political events in the UK in September. Mary Elizabeth Truss was announced as the PM in the UK. The next day, sadly, uh, the Queen passed away. Um, in the notes here, I've written that had nothing to do with Liz Truss. Um, she was the, one of the last people to see well, her. Well, I'm, I'm not saying anything. You make of that what you will. Um, the Queen passing was the second most Googled event of the year uh, globally after the situation in the Ukraine. Um, some other bits of news from September, which were which were notable. Ireland started a trial paying uh, 2,000 artists a weekly wage of 325 euros in its basic income for the arts scheme to help the creative arts recover from the pandemic. Quite interesting to see how that develops. Um Big news in impact business was that Patagonia, the outdoor uh, brand, the founder, uh, uh, I'm going to butcher his name here, Yvonne Chouinard, is that all right? Don't ask me to transfers, you. <laughs> He transferred his ownership to a non-profit organisation, so future profits can fight climate change. Very noble uh, step. And then we had Liz Truss and uh, Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng released the mini-budget that broke Britain, um, and that led to an economic crisis and the downfall, ultimate downfall of them both. The Bank of England were forced to step in, as we mentioned on the pod at the time, to calm markets after that mini-budget mini with the tax cuts that Kwasi Kwarteng announced, driving the pound to its lowest level against the US dollar. Um, so very close to parity at the time. Yeah, I mean, that that we shouldn't underestimate. That's a UK story, but we shouldn't underestimate the the uh, the tremors that that mm. put across the world. I mean, maybe we'll go into it on the next episode where we're looking ahead to next year. Yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> That was a potential spill-out major financial crisis yeah. that was narrowly avoided there by yeah. some very strategic and precise and timely intervention by the Bank of England. Yeah. Bank of England stepped in and said they would start buying bonds off pension funds yeah. to basically prop up the entire financial system. Yeah. Um, at a time where they were trying to do the exact opposite of that yeah. um, as part of the, the, their efforts to combat inflation, I think that event should not be underestimated nope. in terms of yeah, the importance it was at the time and also it potentially if that is replicated anywhere yeah. else in the world next year, that could be the thing that, that sees major major chaos. Yeah, it was a very near systemic moment for the UK and beyond. Yeah, so October, Liz Truss resigns, 44 glorious days in office comes to an end, um, the shortest uh, term in UK history and she was beaten by the lettuce, which uh, was probably one of the most popular political figures uh, in the country this year. Um, Rishi Sunak, now our prime minister, obviously, um, you know that's not necessarily a given into next year as well. But yep. um, and Elon Musk finally completed his takeover of Twitter, albeit slightly reluctantly. And there was that weird scene where where he walked into the office with, with sink, a sink, yeah. saying, "Let that sink in." Um, it's been an uneventful first few months for him in charge of Twitter. And and Tom, one thing you've noted here was Taylor Swift became the first artist in history to claim all top 10 slots on the US Billboard Hot 100 track, for all tracks from the album Midnight's. Well, you've put Matt as a huge fan. 
I've I've never heard of him. I like to leave little traps for, in the notes for Matt. As a, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of him. Sorry, that took me ten seconds to register. Um, November. Uh, U.S. Fed central bank in the U.S. hikes interest rates for the fourth straight time uh, to a range of between 3.75% and 4%. It's highest since 2008, the global financial crisis. Again, in an effort to fight ongoing inflation. Um, a Swiss Gruyere. Biggest by, news of the year. This biggest news of the year. I think this went under the radar given what was happening. But a Swiss Gruyere by Vorder Fultigen. And You've left yourself some words Gumino. to say in this. I, thought you, I was hoping you'd do November and not me. <laughs> wins the best cheese at the World Cheese Awards in Newport, Wales. I didn't know they were there. Um, I thought you'd like this one, Matt. Archaeologists announced the discovery of the oldest decipherable sentence on an ivory comb. And the sentence was, May this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. Um, that is from the year 1700 BC, and it was a Canaanite script from Tel Lachish. I get the feeling November might have been a slow news month. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you like your ivory combs. So I thought that might be uh, of interest to you. <laughs> and then we obviously had COP27, um, and you know the, uh, we had we, we did a, a pod and a, a, a few podcasts where we mentioned that. I think the the ultimate conclusion was that that there was a fund set up by wealthy nations to help the most vulnerable. Uh, fight climate change, helping them to fund damage and adaption. It was called a loss and damage uh, fund. Also in the in November, the world population exceeded 8 billion uh, for the first time, um, predicted to peak at 10 billion mid-century before reducing. So 8 billion people around for the first time. Yeah, and we did uh, we did a full episode on COP27. Um, so, you know, if you want more detail on that, go back and, and have, a, have a listen to that episode. Brings us on to December. How's your nuclear fusion knowledge? Very limited. I mean, I, I mean, other than what's in these notes, we're probably pushing it. Um, so there's a fusion energy breakthrough. Um, there was a fusion energy breakthrough last year as well. But was I it? mean, I suppose what, what they're saying is that these are they're making some big quantum leaps in this uh, area of of potentially a, a limitless energy source for yeah. of of clean energy. Um, the issue with 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 this is that. Uh, there's the phrase around fusion where, you know, every year we're always 20 years away or yeah. whatever it is. So, um, but you've put a very profound sentence in the notes here, Tom, which is human progress has always been about halting partial success uh, that add up over centuries to, to create miracles. I very eloquent so, sometimes when I copy these notes from other articles. So, you know, basically this is important. These scientific breakthroughs are important, but... Um, you know, is this going to be a near-term sort of saviour of, yeah. of us? No, but obviously you can't get anywhere close to having this as a viable and, um, you know, commercially successful energy source until you until you make these breakthroughs and you keep making them. So yeah. obviously uh, a very important step forward on that. Um, and this month as well, HSBC, who, who we have uh, picked on in previous pods, um, <laughs> Europe's largest bank says it will stop financing new oil and gas fields. So that is a it's actually a meaningful That's an important step, yeah. step forward. Um, and they've all they've always kicked those those pledges out way off into the future in previous years. So you know that's a meaningful thing as well. Yeah. Um, and so that's our whistle stop tour of, of of what happened in 2022. I think the summary is you know it's been a really turbulent year. You know in many many ways. But as you know, as long-term impact investors, um, which is the kind of investing that you know that we promote and we preach, it's important to be aware of what is happening in the here and now, but not overweight the short-term news. If you have a portfolio that is already built well and is diversified, and you are investing for the long term, it's unlikely that short-term news should change 
what you do now and how you're positioned. Um, you only really need to do something if something structural has happened that affects that long-term picture. And so, you know, as 2022 draws to a close, it's important to stay long-term, diversify, continue to invest regularly and try and invest your money into the businesses best positioned for for long-term growth. Yeah. Um, and that's the, the four principles of, of investing that that we abide by and that, and that, and that we discuss uh, regularly to our customers and on this podcast. And I think if you look back over the, the 12 months, there's probably one event that had a material yeah. lasting impact on financial markets. That was the invasion of, of Ukraine by Russia. Yeah. And yet every day when you wake up, there's something on the front page of the news that you, that would, that would almost nudge you into making, taking some action with your investments yeah, yeah. and doing something actually there's very little that happens in the news on a, on an annual basis that would make you adjust your long-term strategy. Yeah. And I think, you know, this year we've seen we've seen an exceptional event and even that if you look at well what would you change in a long-term 10-year plus outlook? Yeah. Probably not much. So, yeah. Um next step is going to be our predictions for 2023. Yeah. So, we'll be back next week with that one. Thanks for listening everyone. Yeah, for now, happy Christmas, happy new year. Speak soon. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.